Welcome to Shooting for the Stars, a podcast series brought to you by Southern Cross Business Advisors, helping our clients identify and achieve their life goals. It's Louis Bulzomi back with you for another episode of Shooting for the Stars, coming to you via our main podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, the Podcast Index, and rss.com. And for the first time in over three months, I'm back recording from SCBA headquarters at 234 Deacon Avenue, Muldura. Finally out of my home studio and back where I belong, back where our team belongs and back where you, our clients, belong when you come to Muldura and see us. Now, I've had to call an audible for this episode. In our last episode, I did allude to this one being about managing people through COVID-19 and having that discussion with Noel Costa. But because of the whirlwind announcements that we've had in recent days, not so much about New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian resigning. We won't go into too much detail about that. But more so about the changes to the business grants for both New South Wales and Victoria. So we're Called an audible. We're going to have that managing people through COVID episode next fortnight, but we've brought this one in as an emergency replacement because of that recent news that has broken out in New South Wales and Victoria regarding changes to their COVID-19 financial support payments. So we will cover all of those in this episode. Let's get started with New South Wales. Last Friday on the 1st of October was the end of the COVID-19 business grant. So the applications for that officially closed at 11.59pm last Friday. So no more will be accepted for that. Now we've just got JobSaver and the micro business grant. So there will be changes to those two. You still have until the 18th of October at 11.59pm to get your application in. And you will, as long as you're successful, get backdated to the 18th of July for payments. However, we do have significant updates regarding those two, especially with regards to JobSaver and the retest of eligibility requirements, which we'll get to in just a moment. But before we do that, we're going to hear from the former Treasurer of the New South Wales Government and now the new Premier of the New South Wales Government, Dominic Perrottet, who announced the changes to the JobSaver program, ironically, one day before his former boss vacated the position that he has now assumed. Uh, Well, it's obviously been a a very difficult time, but I think we are certainly coming up to a very bright summer here uh, in New South Wales uh, for all our businesses and workers right across the state. Uh, We always said from the outset uh, that success for New South Wales won't be the budget position, but keeping as many people in work and as many businesses in business uh, during this difficult time. Um, And that's why today uh, the New South Wales government is pleased to announce that uh, whilst we are tapering down with the federal government, uh, the support package for JobSaver from between 70 and 80% double-dose vaccination, uh, the, the New South Wales government will maintain uh, its contribution uh, to that program uh, until 30 November. Uh, we know that uh, when we do open up at 70% and 80%, uh, that there will be still some restrictions in place, that businesses will not be operating uh, at full capacity. Uh, so by maintaining Uh, the New South Wales government's contribution to this program, it will allow uh, many businesses the support they need uh, as we move from response to recovery. And uh, whilst it's going to be a a difficult time as we go through that reopening, I'm incredibly confident uh, that the New South Wales economy uh, will bounce back. We provided now 
uh, through the course of today's announcement uh, during this Delta outbreak, uh, around $8 billion in financial support, and that combined with the federal government, around $12 billion in financial support to keep businesses in business uh, and to keep uh, people in work. Um, it's going to be, I think, a very bright summer here in New South Wales as we do open up. Vaccination has been the key uh, here in our state. And to hear those numbers today uh, from Dr Chant, the Premier, uh, it has really been the key to our freedom. And to be in a position now, we look back at where those numbers were, uh, our reopening date uh, is ahead of where we thought it would be. Uh, and that's because of the great work of every single person right across the state. And this continued financial support from the New South Wales government during this period uh, will ensure that businesses will have that cash flow, that as, as, as people come back into work during this period of time, as the disaster payment uh, finishes from the federal government, that the New South Wales government is still there to provide um, that support as we head into summer. Uh, importantly, uh, we're the only state in the country that has provided uh, financial support for businesses with a turnover of less than $75,000, uh, and we will provide that uh, post 80% at a rate um, of 50% of, of where it was prior. Um, so it will be uh, 750 a fortnight rather than 1,500 um, a fortnight. But uh, whilst uh, this has cost the budget uh, substantially during this period, we have always, the government, had our number one priority to keep people safe. Uh, but providing this financial support will give businesses uh, the sustained cash flow uh, to help them as they open up uh, as to what I expect uh, our state uh, not just to have a strong economic rebound, but to come out stronger the other side. So uh, today is a great announcement for businesses right across the state. It gives them the certainty uh, of having that cash flow from the New South Wales government as we reopen into a bright summer. Uh, fall out of the system as they open up. So the 30% turnover requirement a reduction is still, is still in place. We will be asking businesses um, on a fortnightly basis to um, provide information to Service New South Wales that they are still eligible, and there's two key criteria there. One is that they still qualify uh, due to a 30% reduction in turnover, uh, but also that they've kept on their staff. And uh, as you know, uh, we said from the outset that our preferred position was that the JobKeeper program was in place, and part of that um, was to keep that nexus between the employee and the employer. Uh, but um, part of the agreement with the federal government, which uh, obviously we appreciate here in our state, and we thank them very much today for the support they've provided during this period, and that uh, employers, uh, in order to qualify for these payments, need to keep their, their workers on the books. So they need to obviously confirm that every fortnight through the Service New South Wales process. Treasurer, do you think 173,000 job lost in the past month? Are you, are you disappointed that the Commonwealth is not extending with you? Look, I appreciate the support they've provided for our state, but um, ultimately, as a state government, where our number one priority is to keep our people safe, we have restrictions in place. Um, it's been a very difficult time, and the decision uh, that the Premier and myself and, and our crisis cabinet um, has made yesterday um, is to keep our support going. But in your opinion, it's it's too early because you're extending, but the, the Commonwealth government is not. Well, we also, well, you know, at fifty percent um, post post percent uh, contribution, post the eighty percent double dose, uh, uh, there's no doubt that those support payments need to be paid again. Um, because businesses will be open again. Most businesses across the state will open up. Um, uh, trade will begin again. That will be a great thing. 
Uh, but you know, our government's position as well, and I thank the Commonwealth governments for their support during this period. I mean, it's been uh, budgets uh, around the country aren't looking too great now. But but we have said and are completely committed. Uh, success uh, for me as treasurer has been at the end of this pandemic. Uh, what is the unemployment rate, uh, and how many businesses have we kept open? That's what that's what success is. And so it was a, it was a very easy decision. Uh, for me to recommend to Crisis Cabinet yesterday uh, that we keep our contribution going up to 30 November when we will um, have opened up uh, most of the restrictions that were in place. What about, those are, what about those businesses that are reliant on international tourism? Bridge Climb, for instance, it's, it's all international tourism. Are they going to survive? Well, you know, obviously, and I've worked very closely uh, with that group, as all tourism and accommodation providers have gone through a very difficult, not just three months, but 18 months during this period. And uh, you know, we will be announcing very shortly, uh, the Premier and I, during uh, October, our economic recovery plan. So today uh, is continuing our, our, our economic response, our financial support for businesses, uh, but that will very quickly turn to our economic recovery. And uh, that will be announced in October, and it will obviously support those industries that have um, had it very, uh, very have gone through a very tough time during this period. But I'll also say when it comes to the, the tourism industry, that New South Wales is on track to be the first state to open internationally. Uh, we want to lead our nation um, out of this pandemic. And uh, I think the key to that has certainly been the vaccination rates. But what you will see is other states continue to shut down, uh, that New South Wales uh, opens up. And uh, we're, on, we're on track to do that. And that's going to be a great boom for the tourism industry, a great boom for accommodation. Uh, we know they've done, they've, got, they've done it particularly tough during this period because, as you say, particularly in Sydney CBD and places like that, which are incredibly reliant on tourism for many of those, uh, for the, many of those businesses to survive, during our recovery phase, you will see uh, added focus. And, it, and, and, and can, that continues on from last year, but an added focus um, on ensuring that particularly the tourism industry gets back on its feet. And uh, I know the Minister for Tourism, Stuart Ayres, is doing a lot of work in this space, and I'm very confident that, uh, once again, we'll rise to the top. That was then Treasurer and now Premier of New South Wales, Dominic Perrottet, announcing extensions to both JobSaver and the Micro Business Grants until the 30th of November. Now, keep in mind that he said nothing about the application deadlines for either of them being extended. That's not the case. The application deadlines, if you haven't yet submitted an initial application for either grant, that is still 11.59pm on the 18th of October. So if you haven't yet applied and you are deemed to be eligible, make sure you do get those applications in. And for more information on how to apply for either of those two grants, go to service.nsw.gov.au and also pull up our episode that we recorded a couple of months ago entitled COVID-19 Financial Support for New South Wales Businesses where I go through the step-by-step -step process to apply for both of these grants. So in terms of the sliding scale nature of the payments going forward, this is what will happen. Currently, JobSaver is paid out at 40% of a business's weekly payroll amount, that's for employing businesses, ranging from a minimum of $3,000 per fortnight to a maximum of $200,000 per fortnight, and for non-employing businesses, the flat rate is $2,000 per fortnight. That will change when New South Wales hits the 70% double-dose target, which is scheduled to happen on the 11th of October. So from that point, the payments will reduce by 25% overall. 
going from 40% of the weekly payroll amount to 30% for employing businesses. So that will then be a range of $2,250 per fortnight minimum to $150,000 per fortnight maximum. And for non-employing businesses, the payments will also reduce by 25% to $1,500 per fortnight, which will bring it in line with the micro-business grant. Once New South Wales hits 80% double dose, that's when the Commonwealth Government's contributions will drop off, so no more payments coming from Scott Morrison, Josh Frydenberg and co. New South Wales will continue to go it alone with their share of the contributions. So it doesn't mean that New South Wales are tipping more money in, Simply, it's just, okay, well, we were giving 50%. The Commonwealth Government was giving 50%. They've taken theirs away. We'll just stick with what we are still contributing. And the payments will reduce yet again as a result. So New South Wales's contribution after 70% double dose will stay, but we'll lose the Commonwealth Government's contribution. So effectively, the payments will cut in half from the 70% double dose rate. So what will happen there is for employing businesses, the job saver payment will now reduce to 15% of the weekly payroll amount, ranging from $1,125 per fortnight minimum to $75,000 per fortnight maximum. And for non-employing businesses, they will also see a 50% reduction in pay to $750 per fortnight. And that will also be the case for the micro-business grant. So with regards to the micro-business grant, nothing changes after the 70% double-dose vaccination target. So that will still remain at $1,500 per fortnight. But when New South Wales reaches 80% double-dose, the micro-business grant will also be cut in half to $750 per fortnight. And then when the 30th of November rolls around, everything stops completely. Now, while the payments will continue until the 30th of November, they won't necessarily be automatic. You will need to retest your eligibility every fortnight in order to continue to get paid. Now, it's pretty similar to what JobKeeper was with regards to the monthly declarations. However, with JobKeeper, you would declare what your turnover was, your actual turnover for the month prior, and then declare your projected turnover for the month ahead in order to keep getting the payments. But that was irrespective of whether or not you suffered a 30% or more decline in turnover. It was merely a data collection mechanism for the Commonwealth Government to keep track of how the economy was faring while JobKeeper was in existence, primarily for those businesses who were claiming the JobKeeper payments. That's not the case with JobSaver and the micro-business grants. You will be required to declare that you are still suffering a 30% drop in turnover in order to be eligible for the payments. And for those employing businesses for JobSaver, you will also have to declare that your headcount that you declared of employees back when you first applied for the JobSaver payment is still the same. It's still been maintained. But you don't have to declare the actual turnover figures. So you just merely have to tick yes, that you are still suffering a 30% drop or no, you no longer are suffering a 30% drop for that particular fortnight. And in that case, your payment for that fortnight will cease. So it is same, same, but different to JobKeeper that you still have to keep doing these declarations fortnightly instead of monthly, but different criteria apply. Once again, JobKeeper, it was just simply you're declaring what you turned over the month before, what you're thinking you're going to turn over the month after. Whereas for JobSaver and the micro-business grant, you're just simply declaring that you are either experiencing a drop in turnover or you're not. 
However, you do need to keep record of the turnover figures that you have calculated in the event of a future audit. Now, the process is pretty simple once you've done your turnover calculations. So all you need to do is log into your My Service New South Wales account and go to the business profile. And you'll see on that dashboard page of your business profile whether or not you are required to retest your eligibility. You will see little yellow boxes that will have a link in there that you will click on to take you to the relevant fortnight that you have to reconfirm your eligibility. If you're not required to, then obviously just keep going as you were until you are required to. You may also receive emails from Service New South Wales, which will invite you to reconfirm your eligibility. So you can click on the link in the email and it will again ask you to log in and follow the prompts accordingly. Now for the micro business grant, you will simply just tick yes or no as to whether or not you are still suffering a 30% decline in turnover. If you say yes, then you'll obviously get paid for that fortnight. If you say no, then the payment won't come through for the fortnight. But when the next fortnight is available, what should happen is Service New South Wales will email you to say, all right, next fortnight's available. Come back in and let us know whether you now qualify again and then you'll get paid for that fortnight. So just because you are becoming eligible for one of the fortnights doesn't mean you're no longer eligible for the rest of the program. You may yet suffer that drop again. Now, of course, regional New South Wales, a fair few LGAs, local government areas have gone back into lockdown and come out of lockdown, gone back in again, which has forced businesses to open for a little bit and then close again. And it's caused all sorts of havoc. So obviously those businesses, some of them may have traded okay while they were open and that therefore meant that they were knocked out for a fortnight's payment. But once back into lockdown, obviously they become eligible again. So New South Wales government has assured that if you're ineligible for one fortnight, it doesn't mean that you're ineligible for the remainder of the program. Now, if you're not seeing those application reminders come up to retest your eligibility based on that, just simply contact Service New South Wales and let them know accordingly, 137788. Or you can go online into your My Service New South Wales account and request a callback from the business concierge. Now, for JobSaver, there's obviously that extra step where you have to declare your employee headcount. Now, if you're a non-employing business, all you will need to do is say that you've got no employees, so you just put zero and tick yes that you haven't maintained that headcount. If you do have employees, then whatever your headcount was when you initially applied for JobSaver, you're expected to at least have that same number put into the box in this section of the application. It can obviously increase and that's fine. But if it's decreased, then you've got to be careful because if it's due to COVID-19 reasons that you had to lay staff off, then you will no longer be eligible for JobSaver. So that's obviously goes against the principle of JobSaver. And that's to, as the title suggests, save jobs like JobKeeper last year, keep people in jobs, prevent them from losing their job because of COVID-19. So the only time you would put a number that's lower than what you declared back in your initial application is if you have let employees go under normal business practices. So if it's due to voluntary resignation or other reasons outside your control, a decline in employee headcount in those instances is acceptable. So if that's the case, you would select yes and then put your head count in accordingly. 
Now, when you get to the bottom part of the declaration, and this will be the same for the micro business grant, you'll have one of three options to choose from to determine whether or not you still meet the 30% or more decline in turnover test. But be very careful. There is a big caveat here. You don't just blindly have any of the three options to choose from. They're still tied back to the original comparison period you chose in your initial application. So I'll take you through those three options now. And the first two options are tied to choosing a comparison period that was either in 2019 or 2020. And option three is tied to choosing the two-week period prior to the start of the Greater Sydney lockdown, which was the 12th of June to the 25th of June, 2021. So option one, if you chose either 2019 or 2020, so that was the exact same two-week or more period in 2019 or 2020, then what your comparison period will be, and I'll use the 13th of September to the 26th of September, 2021 as an example, then the comparison period will be the 13th of September to the 26th of September for the year that you chose in your initial application. So for example, if you chose 2020 in your initial application, then your comparison period for this retest of eligibility will be the 13th of September to the 26th of September, 2020. Now that seems pretty straightforward, but Option one may not be appropriate to use in determining your decline in turnover due to certain circumstances that were beyond the business's control back in either 2019 or in 2020. So, for example, bushfires, floods, severe illness to the business owners or a significant employee or group of employees that severely impacted and interrupted the business operations or other factors. Now, be careful with other factors because it does sound very broad in nature, but I guess an example there could be an unexpected fire to your premises that burnt everything down inside. You were forced to close during that period and you didn't turn anything over. You may have or may not have got an insurance payout, but that's irrelevant because that's not necessarily counted as business turnover. So that would be an example of another factor that you could argue for you not to have to use option one. So just remember, you need to have a reason for not using option one that will allow you to then use option two. If you have no reason, then you can only stick with option one. But if you do have a valid reason and you can back that up, if you're ever in a please explain situation, then you've got option two at play. So what is option two? Well, if you chose either the 2019 or the 2020 year to compare your turnover with, then the comparison period will be the exact same period that you chose in your initial application. So for example, if you chose the 4th of July to the 17th of July, 2020, you can choose that same period again to retest your eligibility. Bear in mind though, that if you chose a comparison period and a turnover period in your initial application that was more than two weeks, you will need to modify it down back to two weeks by simply dividing the turnover amount by the number of days and then multiplying by 14. So for example, if you chose four weeks in your initial application to do your initial test, then simply divide your turnover amount from the comparison period back then by 28 and then multiply that by 14 in order to get your new turnover amount that you're going to compare the 13th of September to the 26th of September 2021 with. So that is option two. And once again, option three, if you chose the 12th of June to the 25th of June, 2021, you need to stick with that same option again.
So that will be what happens going forward. Now, whatever option you choose, if this is the first time that you're retesting your eligibility, that is the option you must stick with all the way through to the end of the program or to when you are no longer eligible and you don't think you're ever going to be eligible again. And before I move on to the changes to the Victorian business support packages, there is another grant program that's available for New South Wales accommodation businesses. So there's a $26 million program here that supports accommodation premises with one of two one-off grant payments. The tier one payment will be for accommodation premises that have had a cancellation of 10 nights or less. There will be a $2,000 payment available there. For anyone who had a cancellation of 11 nights or more, that payment goes up to $5,000. One application may be made for each eligible accommodation premise at a unique property address, i.e. geographically distinct premises within New South Wales, owned or operated by the same accommodation provider. Businesses are required to register and submit an application online through New South Wales. So you need to be an accommodation premises as defined by one of the following ANZIC codes in order to initially qualify for either of these grants. So ANZIC code 4400, which is accommodation, 4530, accommodation and food services, 4520, pubs, taverns and bars, 9559, other interest group, 6712, non-residential property operators, 6962, business management services, 9201, casino operations, and 6961, corporate head office management services. So any one of those that's attached to your ABN will give you provisional eligibility. But you also need to meet the following criteria. Be physically located in New South Wales, be a legitimate applicant authorised to act on behalf of a legitimate business. So note, third-party booking or letting or real estate agents are able to apply, provided that they complete a letter of authorisation to confirm that they are authorised to act on behalf of the business. Now, a template letter is provided by Service New South Wales. You just have to look into the guidelines on the Service New South Wales website for that. You also need to have a valid bank account, have a current and active ABN, which is GST registered or a legitimate new business that was held before the 25th of June 2021, pass a series of security and fraud checks and agree to the terms and conditions. Now, where a business operates through a trust structure, the applicant will be required to provide additional information to demonstrate an aggregated annual turnover of $75,000 or more is derived through the trust as opposed to a business linked to a trust. So it can't be just a simple distribution coming from the trust to the individual. The trust itself has to be the operating business. So the entity operating the business is eligible for the accommodation support grant, not other entities that are receiving passive income from the business. Now, once you are registered up and ready to go and ready to apply, you will have to provide evidence that you either incurred cancelled nights within the period on or after Friday the 25th of June, so just before the start of the Greater Sydney lockdown, and ending on or before Sunday the 11th of July for each unique property if applicable. And provide a declaration that you did not charge any cancellation fee and or that you refunded any amount paid for the booking cost other than the standard credit card fees and surcharges. The applicant will receive confirmation that their application has been processed and receive confirmation of whether or not their application has been approved subsequently. 
Now, the following businesses are ineligible for the program, with one exception. Accommodation premises that are owned and operated by a local government or state agency. Now, here's the exception. Less ease for their accommodation premises are allowed to apply. So if the business, the freehold is owned by a local government or state agency, but it's leased out to an independent and privately owned business that provides the accommodation services, then that business itself can apply, but the local government or state agency cannot apply. Also ineligible are businesses that rent out mobile accommodation facilities which do not have fixed addresses, such as caravans, camp trailers, or tents hire companies. And finally, any providers of kennels, catteries, pet resorts, and other solely non-human accommodation, unfortunately, are also ineligible to apply. Now, applicants must attest that they meet the eligibility criteria at the time of application and are continuing to trade in providing accommodation premises for tourists. Applicants not listed on the Australian Business Register as a contact or associate will need to provide a letter of authorization to confirm that they are authorized to act on behalf of the business. And there is a template that's provided on the Service New South Wales website. If the ABN is registered outside of New South Wales, but business premises are operating in New South Wales, applicants must provide evidence of the location of the accommodation premises throughout the most recent utility bill, which is gas, electricity, telecommunications, or water, or business license or other registration identifying the location of the accommodation provider's business or a council rates notice. So one of those three. Also, applicants must provide evidence of the cancelled booking or bookings through the provision of the following. An occupancy report for the relevant accommodation premises and cancellation report or other record of cancellation. Applicants must remove the name and contact details of guests before providing Service New South Wales with this information. Otherwise, you could well be in breach of the Privacy Act. So... Here are some examples of how the tier one and two grants to the accommodation premises will be calculated in this program. So the, the guidelines do give you these examples. There's five of them, which I'll take you through now. Case A, a hotel has cancelled bookings for 10 rooms for two nights each, which equates to 20 cancelled nights. They'll be eligible in that case for $5,000 because they've got 11 or more cancelled nights. Case B, a bed and breakfast has cancelled bookings for two rooms for three nights each, which equates to six cancelled nights. They're eligible for $2,000 because it's 10 nights or less that have been cancelled. KC, a caravan park has cancelled bookings for eight sites for two nights each, which is 16 cancelled nights. They'll get $5,000. Case D, a private holiday rental house, regardless of the number of rooms, has one cancelled booking for three nights. So think of an Airbnb that falls within one of those ANZIC codes. That's three cancelled nights in total and they're eligible for $2,000. And finally, case E, a hostel, backpackers or camping lodge has 20 individual bookings for beds cancelled. Regardless of the number of rooms, that's 20 cancelled nights. So each individual booking is just the one night. 20 cancelled nights, eligible for $5,000. Applications for the accommodation support grant are open now and will close at 11.59pm on the 30th of November, 2021. Okay, switching states now to Victoria, and on the same day that those announcements were made for New South Wales, the Federal Treasurer Josh Frydenberg teamed up with his state counterpart Tim Pallas and the Victorian Minister for Industry Support and Recovery Martin Pakula to release the following information with regard to further payments under the Business Cost Assistance Program, which is now in its fifth round 
and the Licensed Hospitality Venue Fund, along with extra funding for the Small Business COVID Hardship Fund. So we'll start with the Business Costs Assistance Program Round 5. Successful applicants of the Business Costs Assistance Program Round 2, or the Round 2 July extension, who have continuously received automatic top-up payments ever since applying for either of those grants, they will continue to receive automatic payments fortnightly from the 30th of September until the 29th of October. If there are any eligible businesses after the 29th of October who are still closed due to restrictions, even after the 70% double dose target is met, or they're still in severely impacted by restrictions and are on the updated Business Victoria ANZIC code list, they will then be eligible for an additional payment between the 29th of October and the 13th of November. Now, just like in September, the amount of each fortnightly payment is tied to your overall payroll size with one slight change. Non-employing businesses will no longer get the $5,600 per fortnight amount. They will now drop down to $2,000 per fortnight. Any businesses that do employ people and have a payroll of up to $650,000, that will still be $5,600 per fortnight. Anyone with a payroll between $650,000 and $3 million will be $11,200 per fortnight. And anyone with a payroll between $3 million and $10 million will receive $16,800 per fortnight. So those amounts still remain the same. It's just that non-employing business amount that changes, that drops down from $5,600 to $2,000. As far as the licensed hospitality venue fund is concerned, the payments will continue on as they have been throughout October. So just a recap on what the amounts are. Venues with a patron capacity between 1 to 99 or no specified patron capacity will continue to receive $5,000 a week. Venues with a patron capacity of 100 to 499 will receive $10,000 a week. And venues with a patron capacity of 500 plus will receive $20,000 per week. Once the 70% double dose target is reached, the payments will drop based on where you are located in Victoria. So if your venue is in metropolitan Melbourne, the payment will drop by 25%. So it'll be either $3,750, $7,500 or $15,000, depending on your patron capacity. And if you're in regional Victoria, it'll be cut in half. So 50% drop. So it'll be $2,500, $5,000 or $10,000 accordingly. And when we reach the 13th of November, all payments will stop as it is expected by then that Victoria will have reached the 80% double dose target. On to the Small Business COVID Hardship Fund now. And by gee, was this an ever so popular grant that the Victorian government put out. For those businesses that were unable to get any other business support, this was the one for them. And I don't think the Victorian government estimated highly enough how many businesses were going to apply for this and how many would have been deemed eligible for that 70% reduction in turnover. They were inundated. Business Victoria was flooded with applications, especially in that final week leading up to the deadline of the 10th of September. So much so that the $700 million originally allocated to this fund was completely exhausted. It just simply dried up, leaving a lot of applications, around 60,000 or so in limbo. So what has happened now is another $600 million has been allocated to this pool, which will hopefully mean that those pending applications will finally get processed and approved and the $20,000 that those businesses have been eagerly waiting for will finally get 
through to them. Now, for those businesses who didn't apply by the 10th of September because either they didn't exist with an active ABN or GST registration on or before the 28th of July this year, or they didn't meet the 70% decline in turnover test, unfortunately, I've got some bad news for you. It doesn't seem like there are going to be any new applications accepted at this stage. No announcements have been made about new applications for the Small Business COVID Hardship Fund. It seems like the extra $600 million has only been allocated to get through these last lot of applications that have still been pending since the 10th of September because the money ran out. So unfortunately, bad news for you at this time. If anything does change, of course, I will certainly let you know, but it doesn't seem like there's going to be anything announced on the horizon, which is very unfortunate. And finally, for those poor businesses in the construction industry that were forced to close down for two weeks and have only just reopened this week, there is a payment for you called the Business Costs Assistance Program Round 4 Construction Payment. This is a one-off payment to eligible employing and non-employing businesses in the construction sector that operate in the following local government areas, Metropolitan Melbourne, the City of Greater Geelong, the Mitchell Shire and the Surf Coast Shire. So all those areas that were subject to lockdown restrictions for the majority, if not the full duration of that two-week construction shutdown. As at the time of this recording, the official guidelines have not yet been finalised. They are still being worked on and will be formally released around mid-October. So approximately two weeks from when we drop this episode. However, we do have some early mail around the eligibility criteria, so I'll take you through some of those points now. On top of the location of the business, which I've already alluded to, they can't have received any former business cost assistance program payments or the small business COVID hardship fund payment. So you can't be in receipt of either of those grants in order to be eligible for this one. In other words, no double dipping. There's no decline in turnover requirement, which is an absolute bonus. But there is a bit of confusion here with regard to the threshold. Now, is it turnover or is it payroll? Because the Business Victoria website currently says an annual turnover of less than $10 million. However, the normal business cost assistance program is based on payroll being less than $10 million. And the payment structure of the business cost assistance program round five is tied to payroll, as was round four. So the construction version looks pretty much exactly the same as that. So I dare say it is an annual payroll that has to be less than $10 million, not turnover. So don't quote me on this because, as I said, the guidelines have not been finalized yet. So wait until the guidelines do get officially released before working out whether or not you are eligible based on turnover threshold. So I would assume, though, there is no turnover threshold. It is the payroll threshold of less than $10 million that you would have to keep in mind. So once again, wait until the guidelines are released before we give you full and formal confirmation on that. The business must not have been able to operate remotely for the two-week shutdown. They must be registered for GST. Confirmation as to when they had to have been registered by will be released in the official guidelines. And they must have incurred direct costs due to the two-week shutdown, so due to the restrictions imposed during those two weeks. And finally, they must also be on the eligible ANZIC class list. So the businesses that are in the following 26 ANZIC classes will be eligible for support under this business cost assistance program round four construction payment. 
3011, which is house construction, 3019, other residential building construction, 3020, non-residential building construction, 3101, road and bridge construction, 3109, other heavy and civil engineering construction, 3211, land development and subdivision, 3212, site preparation services, 3221, concreting services, 3222, bricklaying services, 3223, roofing services, 3224, structural steel erection services, 3231, plumbing services, 3232, electrical services, 3233, air conditioning and heating services, 3234, fire and security alarm installation services, 3239, other building installation services, 3241, plastering and ceiling services, 3242, carpentry services, 3243, tiling and carpenting services, 3244, painting and decorating services, 3245, glazing services, 3291, landscape construction services, 3292, hire of construction machinery with operator, 3299, other construction services, NEC, which stands for not elsewhere classified, 6631, heavy machinery and scaffolding rental and hiring, and 6619, other motor vehicle and transport equipment rental and hiring. So as long as the ANZIC code attached to your ABN matches one of those 26 numbers, then you will be eligible based on that particular criteria, so long as you've met all the other criteria as well. And finally, and most importantly, how much money are you going to get? Well, it looks like it's exactly the same as for one fortnight's worth of the Business Cost Assistance Program Round 5 grant. For eligible non-employing construction industry businesses, they'll receive a one-off grant of $2,000. And for eligible employing construction industry businesses, based on their payroll size, they'll receive either a one-off grant of $2,800, a one-off grant of $5,600, or a one-off grant of $8,400. Now, the payroll threshold amounts have not yet been confirmed. That will be confirmed when the official guidelines are released. However, I expect them to be pretty much the same as the Business Cost Assistance Program Round 5, which just to recap on that, it's $2,800 if your payroll is less than $650,000, $5,600 if your payroll is between $650,000 and $3 million, and $8,400 if your payroll is between $3 million and $10 million. Once again, that's not official for this particular grant. When we get the official guidelines, we will then know exactly what those payroll threshold amounts are. But I'm expecting them to be pretty much what the Business Cost Assistance Program Round 5 thresholds are. Uh, well, we could have run a full marathon like we normally do with COVID-19 grant content, but on this occasion, only the half marathon was required. Before I go, just a quick COVID-19 disaster payment update. Federal Treasurer Josh Frydenberg announced the phasing out of this program for each state and territory as follows. When a state or territory reaches 70% double dose of its 16 and over population, people will have to reapply for the payment each week as opposed to receiving it automatically. Once that state or territory reaches 80% double dose, the payments will stop entirely two weeks after that target is met. Our next episode will be back on schedule where we welcome Noel Costa in to discuss managing people through COVID-19. So be sure not to miss that episode when it drops in a fortnight's time. 
Until then, this is Louis Bulzami, and you've been listening to Shooting for the Stars, brought to you by Southern Cross Business Advisors, where all of our clients have life goals, and we're here to help them identify and achieve them. Goodbye.